0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to this, another edition of the Underdog Football Show. My name is Josh Norris. His name, Hayden Winks. Hayden, we won people a bunch of money during draft season, especially during draft weekend. Shout out, summer of underdogs. Shout out, summer of 59. We thought, you know what? We are generous people. Why not help them make some money in the MVP and Rookie of the Year awards markets? What do you think about that?
1: I think that's a pretty good idea. I think our listeners would rather talk about uh, MVP odds than offensive line rankings. So this is why <laughs> we're here. We're doing the stuff that's content that's actually digestible. Uh, well,
0: got to scrap that show there for July, Hayden. I actually well, when, think offensive when, when line we,
1: does matter. but When we have an expert on, then we can do it. <laughs> when it's you and I talking about the offensive line, I think that's everyone's going to be skipping that.
0: Look, the most important thing for us for this show is is to make football more fun, more entertaining for everyone out there. And what is more fun than putting more money in your pocket? Also, what's fun? If you use promo code the show, if you're a first depositor on Underdog, you get a free $25. Go and spend that to win best ball Mini two, a million bucks or $250 or $175 or $100,000 if you can be one of those top four place getters. And who knows? In the near future, I have a couple more t- tournaments opening up. So go use promo code the show, get a free 25 bucks. All right, Hayden, I know that I'm plucking you away from the lab. You've been grinding MVP winners in the past. We'll get to rookie of the year in a moment. I'll ask this and start off with a very, very simple question. Who wins MVP awards and why?
1: It basically comes down to two things. And this is not breaking news, but it is nice to see it actually in the data. And the two biggest things are total touchdowns and team wins. And it's basically only quarterbacks could win this thing. Uh, Adrian Peterson was the last person to do that when he had all those rushing yards and touchdowns. But even if that happens this year, like Derrick Henry last year had an awesome season, was not even close to winning the MVP, like not even close. And I don't think we can project any running back for a Derrick Henry-like season this year. Um, So it basically, you can eliminate all quarterbacks uh, that aren't going to be winning 9, 10, 11-plus games. So that's already dwindled down the player pool to about like 12 or 14 players. And then they have to be top two or three in passing touchdowns. Um, So basically, even like a Lamar Jackson, a Cam Newton, when they won MVPs, obviously their rushing production helped a lot. But those two still finished top three in passing touchdowns in those seasons. So you can basically sort by team totals and passing touchdown projections. And then you've got your list of MVP candidates.
0: I'm right there with you. And I'm just looking at the awards list. And by the way, we're not going to use, you know, consensus odds for everyone because we want to find the best book out there and get the best bang for our buck in terms of our bet. I mean, so you're talking about Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey is like a top 20 player in MVP odds at plus 6,600 right now. Wipe him off. Derek Carr is right around there at plus 7,000. Wipe him off the list. Carson Wentz. Plus 4000. Basically, what you are talking about is they have to be on a really good team and they have to have really good passing touchdown numbers. And that's what stood out to me. Even looking back at these figures, when you look at Lamar Jackson, when you look at Cam Newton, I, I think, you know, the general public thinking about their years, they were so dynamic and explosive because of their rushing ability. But then you go down to the passing touchdown mark. Cam was number two in the league in passing touchdowns that year. Lamar Jackson was number one in passing touchdowns. So it doesn't matter what form or fashion you do it. Throwing touchdowns seem to be one of the most connected points in finding this award.
1: Absolutely, and way more than even passing yards too. So like, there's some like uh, volume guys that will have five thousand passing yards this year but only have like 28 passing touchdowns that dude's not winning the mvp you got to be looking at like 4800 passing yards but you had 35 plus passing touchdowns that's the guy that's going to win this but really you're only when we're talking about mvp odds you're only caring about like top 10th percentile outcomes and yeah. not just for the player but the player with the team as well so you in order to win this you've got to be top three in wins top three in passing touchdowns there's to me there's about 10 guys that kind of fit that mold we kind of distinguish between their odds uh on the show
0: yeah ryan reynolds has done some really good work over an etr on this he pointed out eight of the prior 10 winners had a first round buy now this is different now when only one team from each conference has a buy but basically you you're trying to uh pick the quarterback of one of the top four teams in the nfl top two in their own conference matt ryan is the only mvp winning quarterback to win less than 12 games since 2010 And among those 11, it's been six long shots and five among the projected favorites. All right. So we have described what makes an MVP. Should we now go into the portion of the show where we name our MVPs? This is the exercise that we're going to have. Hayden and I set aside 100 Monopoly dollars that we are going to separate among however many names we want in this MVP race. But we'll start off with, you know, the biggest piece of the pie, And go on from there. Um, So Hayden, why don't you kick us off? Who gets the biggest piece of your 100 fake fantasy dollars here today?
1: So it's Tom Brady. And I think this is the best MVP bet period. Um, He's listed. You can get him at plus 1,400. And I'm going to put my 50 out of my 100 onto Tom Brady. Um, You would be up really big if this one hits. And if you just look at team totals, the Bucks are number two, and then Tom Brady is number four in MVP odds. So you're already getting that that gap. I think that MVP voters would love to give Tom Brady an, another MVP here. And I, I, if you just look at the two conferences you brought up, that, like you have to get a the the, the first round buy. The NFC is bad. The mm. AFC is legit, and most of these people on, on the top uh, ten MVP odds are AFC quarterbacks. It's basically Tom Brady, and then you get down to like your Russell Wilsons and those guys. I think that the Bucs have a really good chance finishing with the best record in the NFC. They are deep at all positions. If you look at Tom Brady's stats, once Antonio Brown came back into the lineup, they were awesome. So I don't think, I think that Patrick Mahomes is a better quarterback than Tom Brady. But when you factor in the odds of the Bucs winning the most games in their conference, I have him with better odds to do that than Patrick Mahomes. So I want to be laying Tom Brady at plus 1,400 for my most exposure.
0: And you said 50 for you. I'm going to have 20 on Tom Brady. And while you, again, were in the lab digging through the numbers, I'm going to look at this from a a narrative perspective because I think so much of the MVP race is about narrative. It's how you start. It's a couple great performances on prime time in the middle of the season. And it's obviously how you finish as well. You have to sustain it for that entire time. And guess what? Tom Brady is on the opening game of this NFL season against the Dallas Cowboys in a potential points fest against a Dallas defense that absolutely stinks. And guess what? In week two, he has the Atlanta Falcons, another bad defense that they can put 30, 35, even 40 points on. And then two really important games, when we look at it from good opponents or ones that carry a massive story, in the L.A. Rams in week three, and then in week four, Sunday night football against his former team in the New England Patriots. This is the absolute front section of a story arc that we create. Think about the opening game of the season, then week four, that end of that first act against the Patriots, putting up 30 points on each of those teams. And Hayden, he can do it because we saw prior to the bye and then post-bye Brady how different of an offense Tampa Bay was and what is the running storyline of this offseason that they brought everyone back. If there are no injuries, if they have that same injury luck, they can, again, be one of the best offenses in the NFL.
1: And I think they can afford to lose a couple of players to injury just because they're so deep at literally every single position. I think that they're clearly the best roster in football. And then Tom Brady, he didn't really look like he lost a step on his fastball or anything like that. I thought that he looked just totally fine. And I think like all of the – like the further long we get into uh, medicine, like we're going to see players play longer. Like this isn't the 1980s when everyone was eating like Fruit Loops all day long. Like Tom Brady hasn't had a carb and he only eats avocados all day. So I think that he's probably going to last a little bit longer than these other guys. I'm expecting him to have at least one more good season in him.
0: And before the buy, Brady was averaging basically 40 attempts per game, but that was only equating to about 275 yards and 2.3 passing touchdowns per contest. Again, after the buy in those final four weeks of the regular season, dropped about five or six pass attempts, 34 passing attempts, but had 333 yards per game and three touchdowns per contest. If we get that, again, I'm not expecting that for the entire season, but we start off with some really, really good narratives. And I'll throw one more at you, Hayden. How about one more Tom give Brady it to me. narrative? What if it's a, it is his final season? What if it is his final season? And he says that as we go along and they are just among the best and like heading into the Super Bowl when they give out this award, he's like, you know what? This is the end of the line. If there ever is a tiebreaker with him versus someone else, that sets it over the edge for Brady that it could potentially be his final year. You like that little nugget? I love it. I All hope it right. happens. All right. So, again – Hayden has fifty. I have twenty. I'm Brady at plus fourteen hundred. I'll give you who has my biggest share, and that is Matthew Stafford, forty at plus eighteen hundred. Again, we'll go through the narrative. Like we'll go through the first four weeks of the NFL season. Start with the Bears on Sunday Night Football, then the Colts, then the Bucks in Week Three. Again, that contest with you know, early season MVP conversation because Hayden, as much as we hate it, it starts early on the year, Brady versus Stafford there in week three, and then the Cardinals in, in week four, you know, part of this is because when Matthew Stafford has been a very productive player in his past, and also Sean McVay has generated a lot of production at the quarterback position, despite lesser talents. I mean, Jared Goff had 32 touchdowns, which is sixth in the NFL in touchdowns in 2018 and fourth in yards That year, okay? Sixth and fourth. And then in 2019, he was third in yards. So just think what he can do, and I keep bringing this up, but just think what he can do with a talent like Matthew Stafford, which I would argue in years this is going to be the most complete wide receiver and pass catcher and skill position group that Matthew Stafford has played with.
1: Definitely. The Sean McVay bump, it's the play-action bump in particular – Stafford has never used play action ever. He's always like bottom 10 in play action rate. And McVay and, and Jared Goff were top five every year. The Rams even have like three or four guys that are going to be rotating in for their number three receiver spot. Uh, Tyler Higby's at a plus tight end out of the back or out of the tight end spot. And Cam Akers could do some stuff too. So Stafford's going to have a lot of uh, production this year. The Rams are also have the fourth highest uh, team win total at 10 and a half. So they're kind of falling into that mix. So I thought Stafford was a totally reasonable... MVP. I like his odds right here. He barely missed the cut for me on my exposures, but I'm very pro Stafford. Um, we love the Rams in fantasy, and I think that there is a range of outcomes that Stafford's never seen before just because the coaching staff and skill positions. Plus, the other thing is, like we just mentioned with Tom Brady, the NFC in general, I don't think is as strong, especially with the MVP right. candidates. So if Stafford, could, if the Rams can somehow finish uh, n- number one in wins, I think that Stafford B have a r- decent chance of winning this thing.
0: Yeah, we opened this conversation with Tom Brady, and he has the fourth best odds. Stafford has the sixth best, or tied for the fifth, I should say. Um, Again, you can find him out there. I think I had him at, what, yeah, plus 1,800. But everyone above him, it's somewhat of a known scenario. I mean, it's Mahomes, it's Rodgers, it's Allen, it's Brady, and it's Lamar Jackson. Stafford is the first one on this list that has some unknown elements to me. And the more we go on through this offseason, I'm leaning into the unknown because it makes all of us in the public – try to make conclusions and be wrong on which side of the coin it can be on. We we can't truly expect one thing or another of, of how it gets to, how far it gets to. And so I'm, I'm, I'm leaning into that here because I've already seen this coach, and it's going to be a new offensive coordinator, granted, on defense, but one where they have great defensive playmakers and absolutely there on offense. And it doesn't have to be, Hayden. Like we've talked about, how much of a detriment it'll be if offensive linemen get hurt with this Rams offense in the past. It's not going to be as significant if they lose one or two with Matthew Stafford as it is with Jared Goff, because that guy has just battled pressure all during his career with the Lions.
1: And also we're talking about MVP odds. You're only caring about the top 10 percentile outcomes anyway. So even if like a court or if his offensive line gets hurt well we're only playing for the the 10 percent outcomes where right. his line stays completely healthy and everything just clicking for him so like that's the only th- only thing we're evaluating here we don't really care about median or like 25th percentile outcomes we're only shooting for for the stars here all right so 50
0: percent of Hayden's pie is still available 60 percent of mine who has the next biggest share for you
1: so this is Patrick Mahomes and like I don't need to spend too much time here. It's $30 on Patrick Mahomes. So that means 80% of my uh is just going to the Super Bowl teams last year Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, the Chiefs have by far the highest win total at 12 and a half. I think that there's a higher percent chance than 17% of him winning this thing and that's what his implied odds are if you look at the Vegas. He's at plus 475. I'll throw $30 on that and be rooting for Patrick Mahomes. Trust me, guys, when you got a Patrick Mahomes ticket, that makes the entire season a lot of fun because when he's balling out, you feel like you got a chance there. And there's basically unless he gets injured, there's no way that Patrick Mahomes isn't at least somewhat in the running here. And the last note I had on this is I think this is the best way to get exposure to Patrick Mahomes instead of best ball because Patrick Mahomes in the third round is pretty pricey. And instead of doing that, I'd rather him just bet on him winning the MVP because there's there's a lot of uh, scenarios where Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs dominate and he wins the MVP, but he still doesn't pay off that third round price tag just because the rest of the position is so loaded when you get to like round six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Um, so I don't want to be drafting Patrick Mahomes in best ball. This is the way I can get some exposure to him because he's the best player in the league by far.
0: Plus 475 are the best odds out there right now on Mahomes. I think we also kind of forget that he played injured at points of last season. Like for a pretty long stretch, he what dislocated his kneecap. Uh, big deal. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> big deal. And uh, sure, it's an offense that searched and searched and searched as we keep talking about for that extra piece to take them over the edge potentially this year, and they did not find it, but it doesn't necessarily matter. If all three of those phases, along with a much better offensive line, they put him behind as well. If all three phases of that offense and pillars stay healthy and maybe CEH takes another step, it absolutely adds up. There's not, again, like you said, not much else to say about Patrick Mahomes, but yeah, as we've talked about in previous shows, drafting the first quarterback off the board in best ball, Or fancy drafts might not be the plus EV, but rooting for Patrick Mahomes all season and rooting for chaos and entertainment is very plus EV. So this is one way of doing that. All right, Uh, I got
1: I got one more thing about this too. Is MVP odds are available for all like throughout the entire season, and as other quarterbacks get chopped off this list because they had slow starts and stuff. Uh, you're going to see Patrick Mahomes odds probably get down to like plus 300 as the season goes. You're not going to see like Patrick Mahomes at like plus 800 most likely. You're going to see these quarterbacks that have like the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth best uh, MVP odds. Those guys are going to get eliminated quick. And then all of a sudden what happened last year, it was just Aaron Rodgers. It was just Patrick Mahomes. And when it was just those two guys, uh, Patrick Mahomes number was usually under plus 475, which was what his opening was. So I think that if you want Patrick Mahomes exposure, you do it now instead of later in the season.
0: Matthew in the chat, any concern if one of Tyreek or Kelsey miss significant time, what depth options does Mahomes have to lean on to maintain his elite numbers? Yes, absolutely. But I also feel like we can say that with just about any offense in the league. And I would yeah. also say, as Hayden alluded to, we are trying to work towards the top you know, outcome of each offense for every single one we're placing a bet on. And if anyone quarterback that you want to lean on who loses his top tight end or loses his top wide receiver. It's the combination of of Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid to figure something out for two or three weeks of the regular season.
1: Yep. That that question is why I don't want to be drafting Patrick Mahomes in best ball in the third round because there's a lower range of outcomes that we're not accounting for. But in MVP odds, we don't care about those lower outcomes. We only care about the top ones.
0: All right. As I mentioned, Matthew Stafford gets 40% of mine. Tom Brady, it's 20%. I have the other 40 split into two. Uh, we'll do the one that I've talked about enough. I mean, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson has won it. I'm giving him 20 at plus 1,600. Again, MVP as a narrative. It starts off so kindly here for Patrick Mahomes. Opening week against the Las Vegas Raiders. Then week two, Sunday night football matchup between the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. We've had these times of these types of games in the past, haven't we with like the Rams and the chiefs? And we've seen just quote unquote offenses have changed football and, and those types of outcomes. Well, maybe the Ravens go in there and just show that they are a much different team than they were in 2020. And they show it in week two of 2021. And then immediately following that game, it's bookended by a cupcake in the Detroit lions. And then you get to week four, and the Denver Broncos. I mean, we could have at that point, since so many people play fantasy football, shout out to all of you, we could have Lamar Jackson as the quarterback one through four weeks of the NFL season. And that narrative is already starting there for four
1: games. So this is kind of the opposite of the Patrick Mahomes. I left Lamar Jackson off my list. He's like, just missed it. I think that his his odds are very fair. Um, but I would rather draft Lamar Jackson in like the fifth round of fantasy in best ball and then not have the MVP tickets. Kind of the opposite was true for, for Patrick Mahomes, especially because Lamar Jackson gets all this rushing production. And there's a, there's a chance that Lamar has a great rushing season again, and he throws 29 passing touchdowns and then he barely misses the MVP, but he's still smashed in best ball. So uh, that's how I'm viewing it. Like exposure both ways, but Lamar Jackson could easily win this MVP. Like there's no question about it. Rashad Bateman makes a huge deal. The offensive line could be better if they can stay healthy. And I just think, Lamar or Rashad Bateman makes Marquise Brown better, he makes Mark Andrews better, he makes Lamar Jackson better. I think that he was the missing ingredient here.
0: Again, he won it in 2019 and then in 2020 we've talked about this on the quarterback ranking show like what was the difference in Lamar's game last season? It really wasn't what he was being asked to do. I mean, he just he threw the ball about 25 times less last season, but it ended in 10 fewer passing touchdowns and three more interceptions, and it's because he was just worse in in clean pocket situations. So we've talked about it a lot. The Rashad Bateman emergence into this offense, we think it's going to change it. Mark Andrews is just going to play better, hopefully, this season. It's a non-COVID year, hopefully, throughout the league, depending on the vaccination rates for these teams. Um, And if that's the case, I mean, if there is one area where a quarterback can improve, it's in clean pocket situations where it's not the variance of pressure rates, right? And so we know Lamar is going to continue to get his rushing production because he is absolutely special in that area. And if he drifts close to, if not exactly like his 2019 clean pocket rates, you're going to have an MVP type season again. So, okay, you have one more. I'm assuming an MVP. Yes,
1: I got a couple. I got a couple. More. Oh, okay. A little- I changed it up on you last second here. Uh, But before we get there, make sure you like the video, subscribe to the channel. If you're watching 20 minutes in, you probably are liking this video. So throw us a like, help us grow. Um, But with that, my next one, $15. So most of my leftovers is going to Justin Herbert at plus $2,200. This is a range of outcomes play. And I think that there's two things that are missing from the Justin Herbert conversation. Number one, the Charger's offensive line is improved in about three or four of the starting spots from last year, including getting Corey Lindsley, who's gonna help uh, uh, Justin Herbert in this new offense for at Center. Plus, I think they have a decent enough pass catchers between Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, maybe Jared Cook does some things. but the other biggest thing is just this coaching staff change. and Robert Mays, who we're gonna have on the show this Wednesday, ha- sat down with uh, Brandon Staley, the new coach, and he basically said, Everything about the Chargers is about stopping the quarterback and playing good quarterback. And he talked about in that podcast how he wants to hand over the keys to Justin Herbert. And this is the exact same offense that Drew Brees was in when Drew Brees was consistently throwing 5,000 yards. And I think that the the Chargers are going to pass the ball a ton this year. I thought that Justin Herbert looked awesome. The only thing that's giving me any pause right now is so much of that production last year was in the unstable uh, pressure looks, yep. but Justin Herbert led the league in pressure looks last year and dominated on them. It was pretty outrageous, and I think that Justin Herbert will be under pressure less often because the offensive line less uh, uh, under pressure because of the coaching staff. And you're gonna see Justin Herbert continue to climb these this quarterback power power rankings. He's he's unbelievable. He's the best young quarterback in the NFL. Period. Imagine being the best player
0: at your position under pressure by a wide margin as a rookie quarterback that no one expected to start in week two. You were told 10 minutes before kickoff, and that's exactly what Justin Herbert did. His head, I know he's like apparently this even-keeled guy, but his head must have been spinning during that first season. I mean, once you start an NFL season, it's, it's like an avalanche, right? It's a snowball effect. It just keeps going. There's no rest. There's no time to sit back and try to collect yourself. Guess what? Now he has an entire offseason to do that with a much better offensive line on paper with a head coach who's not going to make boneheaded mistakes in two-minute situations, in fourth-quarter comeback situations. You're going to finally be in a real-run franchise with pass-catching talents that are absolutely there for the taking a Mike Williams that we've talked about in a contract year, a Keen Allen who every single year is out there putting in work. I mean, Justin Herbert's is coming off a top 10 in both yards and touchdown passes. And he didn't even play in week one last season. We've always said this, that the talent feels good enough for the chargers to be one of the better teams. If not just make the playoffs, maybe the pieces come together and the unknown of Brandon Staley and company is something that we can't even fathom of the impact. It's going to be for Justin Herbert.
1: Totally agree. The other narrative that I like about this is if somehow, and this is only like a top 10 percentile outcome is if the chargers can end up beating the chiefs in like two of those games or split it and they end up winning the division what happens in that scenario is Herbert would beat Patrick Mahomes, who's the clear front runner in MVP. So you're kind of getting this where if Justin Herbert has a great season, Patrick Mahomes has a bad, a, like an average season for Patrick Mahomes, there's a chance that the Chargers end up winning this division. I think it's a very small chance, but if that happens, it would be very hard for Justin Herbert not to win MVP just because uh, beating the Chiefs in the regular season would be really good for that narrative. All right. That's where my final $20
0: was going at Justin Herbert at plus 2,200. Does that mean we've put our entire $100 bankroll here? Or do you have a little bit? More? I've
1: got, I've got $5 to spend <laughs> leftovers. These, this is very you small found it in your couch cushion. Hayden? Yes. Yes. Uh, four of those dollars is going to Baker Mayfield at plus 3,500. This is strictly, strictly a bet on organization, bet on offensive line, bet on coaching staff, bet on playmakers and betting on the Browns, uh, possibly winning the uh, AFC, getting that, that bye week that we're talking about. They're top five in, in win total right now, and then Baker Mayfield's nowhere near that. And I think that Baker Mayfield, um, he's not he might not be the quarterback that wins on his own, but within structure, he's plenty good enough to have uh, an outlier season where he throws for 35-plus passing touchdowns just because everything else in this organization is uh, right on par. So he's my favorite long shot bet at plus 3,500. And then now we're going to really, really, really deep, Josh. And this is the one you're going to love. I'll go $1 on Trey Lance to win MVP. Wow, 12500 that implied odds is less than 1%. Do I think that Trey Lance is going to win the starting job from week one? I don't know. But if he does, and the, the 49ers are really good, and Trey Lance is as smart as everyone says, and he's as athletic as what the tape shows, there's a chance that Trey Lance could do this. So I'm not expecting this to happen. I'll throw $1 on it just because the odds are so ridiculous. There is a path for the 49ers to have
0: the best offense in the NFL, and we will save that for a forthcoming future show. Uh, I I like this a lot. Now we're getting questions from the chat. Matthew's asking, no Kyler Love fellas. I just don't think the Cardinals as a team – are good enough. And that's how we opened this conversation of they basically have to be on a top 14 team in the NFL. We've talked about how Kyler, especially rushing early on before he got injured, was putting up ridiculous stats, like basically unrecognizable stats at the position. And while he might be among a top 2 or 3 or even 4 producer at the position, the team element to me kept featuring in. And I, I just don't trust Steve Kime and I don't trust, trust Cliff Kingsbury right now for it to get to the degree where Kyler can be
1: on a top four team in the NFL right now. Yeah. The Cardinals are just not going to win enough games. That division is not great. And it's not a division set up for MVP odds, which goes against my Trey Lance take, but I thought Kyler Murray's odds um, weren't fair just because the Cardinals just draft Kyler Murray in fantasy. Like you're already getting all the MVP. Like you, he's, Reasonably priced in fantasy, that's where you want to be getting your Kyler exposure, not in the MVP markets. Yep. I like that a lot. All right. I don't
0: think we have missed anyone else that people brought up. So, shall we move over to Rookie of the Year? Before we do that, I do want to remind everyone that best ball, specifically on underdog, is the best way to prepare for your season long leagues. If you play with college buddies, if you play at your office, there's no better research you can do than go into a $3 draft on underdog, a $5, a $10 because it is the best competition you're going to face. And money is always on the line. And the easiest way to do that, get a free 25 bucks. If you go and use promo code, the show as a first time depositor there on underdog on your app, it's fantastic on the desktop. It's super sleek as well. So go and try out basketball. Live drafts are going on right now. Get ahead of the game here in late June, early July, ahead of August. All right. So Rookie of the Year, Hayden, is quite different than MVP. We focused a lot on best teams and narratives with MVPs. Here with Rookie of the Year, what are the differences that you found?
1: Well, running backs win and uh, the rookie of the year more often than than they do for MVP, and wide receivers have actually won this, too. It's still mostly a quarterback award, and I think like the longer that the NFL exists, the more quarterbacks will win this award, especially this year when we have five quarterbacks that win in the first round, five quarterbacks that are likely going to get five to, to 16 starts this year. So it's going to be harder for running backs to win this award. But basically, the biggest thing that comes comes uh, down to the rookie of the year is just playing time. It really is just playing time. It's not even about quarterback wins, per se. The last two years, Justin Herbert, Kyler Murray, clearly the best rookie quarterbacks. They played the most. They didn't even win that many games. Uh, Justin Herbert had an awesome season, so, so did Kyler Murray. But it's not about wins. It's just about playing time. That includes the running backs. Uh, you're not going to see a, a, a committee running back win this. It has to be a bell cow running back, or it has to be a quarterback that's going to play most of the season. These quarterbacks that play 10, 10 games, they just don't play enough to win this award. So right. really just kind of sort by playing time. And the, the the tricky part about the playing time, though, is like we didn't think that Justin Herbert was going to get this playing time. Correct. You kind of have to still uh, prepare for like the top 10th percentile outcomes. But no quarterback that plays 10 games is going to win this award
0: doesn't it stand out to you that we have never seen a rookie season like Justin Jefferson put out last year and in this award, it didn't matter because Justin Herbert still won it despite that.
1: Yep. Yeah. It's it. They want to give this to a quarterback. The quarterback is the narrative that wins this thing. I think that this year in particular, because you had three quarterbacks go in the top three, you had uh, five quarterbacks go within the what pick 15 or 16. Right. So it's going to be, the bar is higher to clear for these running backs to win this uh, this year. Some of the, some of the running back seasons um, those were in in years where there was like one or two quarterbacks drafted in in the first round that year and they didn't play very well. So I think that it's going to be harder for running backs to win this this year. Right. My point with that is basically Justin Jefferson had to compete with one
0: quarterback last season and it was just because Joe Burrow got injured and Tua was a spot starter or half starter at time and he still lost it to the quarterback. And as much as I love this group of pass catchers and we can include a certain tight end and there, I don't want to you know, ruin and spoil anything we're about to say. I don't even know if they're going to be able to match what Justin Jefferson put out there last year. And maybe because of that, they'd have to be on like a much better team. That's among the best in the NFL, but they also have to compete with five potential quarterbacks this year. You know? So it was very difficult to me to move away from the quarterback position in this conversation. Do you want to lead off here or do you want me to? I mean, I guess my biggest piece of the pie is going to Trey Lance who we just talked about. At plus 750, I'm giving him 30 here. And it's because that Kyle Shanahan believed in him enough and also believes in his offense and roster that he thinks it's a top 5, top 10 roster in the NFL. I mean, when they lost the Super Bowl to the Chiefs, he absolutely inside that building, believed they had the best roster in the NFL and what was holding them back was the quarterback injuries and it was quarterback play when on the field. And the closer we get, I understand the narratives that can be pushed right now. And even Kyle pushed them prior. And just after making that trade, while Jimmy gives us the best chance to win right now, what if he doesn't, what if he doesn't? And again, we are going for top performers. Once they hit the field, I think if even Trey Lance goes out there and only starts 12 or 13 or 14 games, This season, he can still be among the best players at his position on one of the best teams. We know nothing about him. He hasn't played football basically for an entire year, but I'm trusting the organization and the evaluator who's also the play caller at this point.
1: Definitely. And if he starts 15, 16 games, that means he's playing well because if Trey Lance isn't playing well, the first five games, they can easily go back to to Jimmy G. But we don't care about those situations that happen. It's only the ceiling outcomes And Trey Lance, you can't argue against the ceiling, especially with the rest of the roster in this good of shape. And you're going to see so much of these uh, uh, stats come from the rushing production. That is something that's kind of in the trends. If you're looking at offensive rookie of the years is I think it might be easier to pick up first downs with your legs as a rookie compared to passing. I think as, as you get older, uh, the smarter you get diagnosing coverages. And that's when the passing numbers really come into play. Um, So Trey Lance has that going for him as well.
0: All right, who has the biggest piece of your offensive rookie of the
1: year? So, this is $50, another big one. Wow. This is one of my favorite bets. And this is a little loophole. It's not offensive rookie of the year, this is defensive rookie yep. of the year. And this is my one, of, might be my favorite futures bet. And it's on Jalen Phillips, uh, Miami. I thought that he was the best defensive edge rusher in the class. His measurables are awesome. The tapes showed that he has. He's really high uh, outcome potential. And I think that Miami needs him to play this year. And if you look back at just defensive rookie of the year trends since 2000, all winners have been top 40 picks. So you can already let go of any second round sleepers. Basically only two of them have been defensive backs and only three of them have been defensive tackles. And most of them played on top 16 uh, team defenses. Jalen Phillips, has all of those going for him. The only reason why he fell in the draft uh, was medical injuries, maybe some off the field in, uh, stuff going on. But in the ceiling outcomes, I think that Jalen Phillips has a much higher ceiling than any of this. And he checks every other box. So I'm going $50 on Jalen Phillips.
0: Yeah, we know Brian Flores and company can do a really good job of manufacturing disruption from like multiple angles. They they change their fronts. I mean, Emmanuel Ogba had nine sacks for them last year. Calvin Noy had six sacks Van Ginkle had five and a half sacks. You look at their secondary, it's Byron Jones, it's Noah I, and hopefully we get Xavier Howard back, which I would expect that to happen. I mean, I I think sitting out these mandatory OTAs is kind of like the last thing that these players can do to be like, hey, give me some money. Hayden is even looking at these thirst traps, these prospects and players are, are putting out there. Um, this is plus 900 for for Jalen Phillips. I, I'm going to have a lot of defensive rookie of the year here in a moment. He actually is not on my list. And I think part of that, Hayden, we mentioned that a lot of it had to do with with past rushers in terms of winning this award. I mean you had Chase Young and, and Nick Bosa win it, I believe. But I think that's partially different in this year's class because we didn't have that like singular premier rusher. And if it is going to be someone, it is going to be Jalen Phillips because really the only other two was Quiddy Pay and then the guy that the Ravens drafted who changed his name. Uh yes. Away. No so um, I understand this. This would have been the next one on my list if I was going to bet a defensive rookie of the year. But I'm actually going to pass and Jalen Phillips at plus 900.
1: Well, I'll, I'll buy you dinner when I win this thing.
0: <laughs> I will give you, and again, we're kind of just combining rookie of the years here, uh, 30 on Jamin Davis, who was, when this line opened, at plus 1500. You can find the tweets talk about that. Now he's down to a plus 1,100. Um, I mean, this is a super athlete running behind potentially the best defensive line in the NFL in Washington. And you have like this whole era of Marty Herney and Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio and a whole bunch of others in the history of the Panthers. Well, what name pops up when you think of linebacker in the Panthers? Luke Kuechly. 164 tackles his rookie season, 12 tackles for loss. But it doesn't stop there. John Beeson had 106 tackles during his rookie year. Freaking John Bostic had 118 tackles in this defense last year, six tackles for loss. I think most recently, Darius Leonard of the Colts won it for defensive rookie of the year. He had 161 tackles, seven sacks, two interceptions, four forced fumbles during that season. So yes, there are absolutely some splash plays. But again, if there's one player that I think has like the athleticism that is also probably on a great defense and maybe the missing piece that can be set up and make some really splash plays, it can be Jamin Davis here with Washington at plus 1100.
1: He checked all the boxes and he he's another great bet. It's linebackers and edge rushers when it comes to defensive rookie of the year. And I like when they're on better teams, you get that narrative. Oh, they won 12 games because like how many of these people picking uh the, these players awards or actually watching uh you know linebacker rookie linebacker linebacker tape probably not too many of them it's very easy to say oh the dolphins had the fourth best defense and jalen phillips had eight sacks that's the winner and i think that you can play the same game with with davis as well to me i thought phillips was the, the better player had the, the higher outcomes uh just because he is such a great athlete and i think that he would have been a top 10 pick uh if everything else was worked out um off the field um so i I think that he looks like he's going to play. It seems like the, the dolphins like what they're seeing from him early on. And I think the range of outcomes for both of these guys are, are pretty high.
0: I think it's amazing that Jamin Davis and JOK up in Cleveland have like the same exact odds, And Jamin Davis is going to play like every single snap for Washington.
1: And, and J okay is not going to be the type of guy that's going to have a uh, hundred tackles. You know, that's just not his role.
0: Correct. Yeah. And again, just from a big picture and, I have another name here that I want to talk about, but I I just think that this defensive class as a whole is totally different. I mean, it's the latest we've ever seen a defensive player drafted, you know, and just a lot of the talent was focused more on cornerback and linebacker than it was as edge pass rusher, pass rusher, and especially an interior pass rusher. Because we've seen interior guys
1: win it too. All right. Among rookies of the year, who else are you buying into? Trevor Lawrence, plus 300, 25% implied odds. This is just a bet on him playing the entire season. We can't say that yet about Trey Lance or Justin Fields or Mac Jones. Uh, We can't say that about Zach Wilson, but I just think that Trevor Lawrence was much better than Zach Wilson. I think he also gets uh, the division being much easier for Trevor Lawrence, and um, I just think that he was just such a good prospect. And the AFC South is somewhat up for grabs, obviously, the Julio trade makes that a little more difficult for him but you can easily see the jaguars go from one win to seven wins and if trevor lawrence plays all the games you're going to get the the long blonde hair narrative going for him mm-hmm. and i think that he ultimately has clearly the best odds here and i think that it's it, i think the odds are better than 25 percent that he wins this thing
0: is already being the favorite for this award working against trevor lawrence because i think that's kind of different than Patrick Mahomes, who's on a good team, you know, being the favorite for this MVP award heading into the season because can Trevor Lawrence win this if, you know, the Jaguars win five of 17 games this year?
1: I still think so. I mean, we looked at Kyler Murray won it and they only won five and a half games. They had like a tie in there and uh, Justin Herbert won it with with six. So obviously there's more competition because there's so many quarterbacks that were drafted this year. So that makes it a little more difficult. But Zach Wilson could have a decent season, win four or five games only. And if the other guys don't play that much. Plus, I also think everyone's just so used to Trevor Lawrence balling out. I think that any tiebreaker, they would just go, okay, it had to be Trevor Lawrence. The Jaguars won one game last year. Look what he did, even if he only wins six, seven games this year. So among
0: the rookie quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence is plus 300. Justin Fields is plus 700. Trey Lance is plus 750. Zach Wilson is plus 800. Why not put a little 20 on Mac Jones at plus 1100? I mean, we talk about good situations on winning teams. There is a chance and who knows how big of a chance that Mac Jones just looks tremendously better than Cam Newton in camp to the point when the public knows it, inside that organization, they know it. Right now, the conversation is, oh, well, Cam is a starter, absolutely. How dare you question this? Okay, then why'd they give him like a below backup salary at the quarterback position? Like no indication based on monetary value is Cam Newton locked into the starting job. And if Mac Jones goes in there behind a top five unit, on offensive line with two of the highest paid tight ends in the league right now with Josh McDaniels as your play caller, I understand they might be bottom five in in past attempts, but also what if he just clearly by four or five wins has the most wins among all of these rookie rookies and the production might not be the same as a Trevor Lawrence or a Zach Wilson or someone else, but the win loss column is much better. I could buy into that narrative as well, pushing Mac Jones as the winner of Offensive Rookie of the Year.
1: Mac Jones would be would have been my next. I put ten dollars on Mac Jones. It's all the reasons you you laid out. I think that he has a uh, probably him and Trey Lance are the only two that have like a re- realistic shot of winning ten games this year as as a starter. Yep. And I think that Mac Jones, the setup is quietly pretty good. It's because of that offensive line. Obviously, the, the coaching staff is awesome too. And I also want to throw out there that Mac Jones was tech. Uh, just catching bullets left and right, all the pre-draft process. Everyone thought he was absolute crap, and I thought that was not the case. I think in this offense in particular, he's not going to be asked to be the number one dude every single play and have to make all these incredible throws. It's going to be very dink and dunk, and I think that uh, pre-snap, Mac Jones is going to be able to do a lot of things with Bill Belichick and and McDaniels helping him out. Um, So I think that this is a a good thing. Plus, you have the narrative, like what if the Patriots won the division somehow? Uh, They're not that far behind... Uh, the bills and they can beat the dolphins and stuff. All of a sudden uh, Mac Jones at plus 1100 would be looking pretty good.
0: Yeah. All of the NFL outsiders that point in Mac Jones, to the San Francisco 49ers, I think has hurt his, his reputation there Hayden, because again, it locked people into this opinion of, Oh really? The 49ers traded all that to go and get, you know, a same old, same old pocket quarterback. When, if you remove that false conclusion that people jump to, then you, and you isolated Mac Jones, the player, you saw someone who could thrive in an offense like this, who is almost perfect for an offense that they can build for him. And because of that, it's, it's kind of the same thing. Why if I'm really stretching for a quarterback three in best ball right now, you have to pay up for a lot of these, not much Zach Wilson, but a lot of these other rookie quarterbacks sliding Mac Jones in there as like the value unknown rookie quarterback five on this list. Not the worst thing. All right, any other names here on either rookie of the year side of the ball?
1: Yeah, I've got I've got two more. I'll go quick. Uh, Ten dollars on Najee Harris at, at plus thirteen hundred. Najee Harris on some books is like priced at like plus six hundred. There's a book out there if you want to go find it um, at plus thirteen hundred on Najee Harris. Obviously, if you look at the running back, it's all about bell cow workload. We know Najee Harris has that bell cow role. Even if the offensive line is bad, he if he touches the ball three hundred times. He's going to be somewhat in this conversation if none of the quarterbacks pop off. And then the other one, another running back, $5. Don't think it's going to happen. Plus 3,000, it's Trey Sermon. Uh, Obviously, you would not, you would have to have Trey Lance not be the quarterback. So this makes this much more complicated. But Trey Sermon, in my eyes, has a bell cow profile. We've seen what Alfred Morris does uh, in the Shanahan offense if things really start to click. He's somebody that can have 250 touches. The 49ers play well. If Jimmy G and Trey Lance split starts the season, all of a sudden the the 49ers won 11 games and Trey Sermon's balling out, this is how you can see it happening. So uh, it's a very much a long shot bet, but I think that Trey Sermon is good enough in the right offense to kind of see this puzzle uh, come together.
0: Notable, depending on books that Trey Sermon and Javante Williams have the same odds at plus 3000 among those other Rookie running backs, Travis Etienne at plus 2200. What? No love for Michael Carter at plus 6600 there in winks. No love.
1: Anyways. I, I, I said
0: bell cow running back. So. <laughs> um, I do want to ask, I mean, Kyle Pitts, we've talked a lot about him. We're going to draft a lot of Kyle Pitts and maybe the sweet spot of that position in fancy drafts this year. He's out there at plus 1100. And the reason why I'm not loving is how we opened this conversation of what Justin Jefferson did last year in terms of set records at the position and still the only other quarterback he faced won the award. And in order for Kyle Pitts to have the greatest rookie season ever by a tight end of all time, it's Mike Ditka who had 56 receptions for 1,076 yards and 12 touchdowns. I love Kyle Pitts, but that's tough to get. I mean, it might be closer to what Jeremy Shockey did of 127 targets, 74 receptions, and 894 yards. Like, if Kyle Pitts, because there, again, there's some narrative there of, oh, well, he's the greatest rookie of all time. You can't then have that little asterisk of saying, other than Mike cut, because then that kind of just, like, ruins the flow of this pitch that you're making for this award.
1: Fair? He needs a 1,000 yards, basically, and I'm not ruling that out for Kyle Pitts here. Yep. It, the, the problem is just it's the quarterback situation. If, if Trevor Lawrence plays every game, the Jaguars win seven games, even if Kyle Pitts breaks the record, it's going to be hard for uh, him to beat one of these quarterbacks. That was the the trickiest part. In another year where there's only one or two quarterbacks drafted in the first round, I would love these Kyle Pitts odds. But it just gets harder because, like you said, with Justin Jefferson, had an elite season. A quarterback also had a great season. It's going to the quarterback, and that just makes Kyle Pitts odds a little, little uh, harder to achieve. Just draft them in best ball.
0: Yeah. And it's all about those splash plays. And there are so many quarterbacks on this list that can have splash plays. Trevor Lawrence can do that. Trey Lance can do that. Justin Fields can do that. Who knows? Maybe even Zach Wilson can do that as well. Uh, this is an awful way to close the show. I still have $20 in my pocket. Okay. I'm throwing it on Zayvon Collins, the Cardinals linebacker at plus 1400 It's just because it's plus 1400 And I mean, Jordan Hicks had 118 tackles, 11 for loss last season. Devontae Campbell had 99 tackles and seven tackles for loss. Last season, Vance Joseph is a defensive coordinator there in Arizona. And again, this does not have to be win-loss related. I think Zayvon Collins immediately goes there and is a better player than Isaiah Simmons was last year. They're going to be lining up. They're basically viewing him as, as a s- starter from, from week one, and he can you know make plays moving forward, make plays moving backfield. Awful way to end this conversation, but that's where other 20 is going.
1: Did you see he just got arrested last week? Did he really? Yeah. First, like, going to 75 in a 35-mile-an-hour zone. So, well, uh, he also
0: said in his post-draft call that he's ready to murder people on the field. So maybe this is uh, someone we should keep an eye on as we yes. move forward during yes. this during this offseason. Steve Kahn and his linebacker evaluations. Goodness gracious. Goodness gracious. Um, All right. I think we did it.
1: I got one thing to promote. I did yeah, sure. a starting lineups uh, depth chart kind of review looking at all the wide receivers and tight ends. That's on underblog. It's like 5,000 words. It was not a short column. I think that everyone should go read it. I learned a lot about who the number threes are and how they're going to be used, which guys are going to be rotating in, which guys are actually like locked into a starting job. I think that uh, it's not going to help you win your leagues in like the first 10 rounds, but I think in best ball, rounds 15, 16, 17, 18, there's probably a couple nuggets in there that you'll you'll learn from.
0: We have a great month ahead of July for the underdog football show. Again, out there, if you are trying to prep. For any season-long league, I want to tell you that drafting is already started right now. You're just missing out. Go and enter $3, $5, whatever you want to on Underdog. Free $25 bucks if you go and enter that. And it always helps if you leave a like and subscribe down below. And even if you write us a review on iTunes, that helps a ton. I can't wait for Wednesday show with Robert Mays. We're basically going to draft our own seven-on-seven team. So quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, Tight ends. Robert's going to be perfect for that conversation. We've previewed every single position for fantasy football. Go back and listen to those shows. We're going to have some really fun content ahead in July. So for Hayden Winks, I am Josh Norris up the villa. Talk to you all soon. See ya.